So anyway, 1 Kings 19, verse 11 to 13, it says, Then he said, you remember the story of Elijah? And now Elijah has been through the, he's been through the, the desert and the wilderness. And um, there's been all sorts of things happening. And this, this is what he says, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. A still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And of course, there began a new moment in his life. It was a new, if you want, assignment that he'd been given after he got this word. Um, But... But you remember that he was at the gates of Jezreel. So he'd had this big battle on, on Mount Carmel. And then he'd heard, first of all, he heard the sound of the rain. He didn't see it. He heard it, first of all. So somewhere deep inside him, he heard something. And then, of course, he began, he spoke what he'd heard, and he sent his servant, and then he began to pray what he'd heard. But, but really what he was doing was co-creating with the Father. That's what he was doing. He was, he was finding what was on the inside of him already, because God had already given him the solution for the future, it was within him. Just like when God had spoken to him and told him that there was a widow that had the answer, the solution for him for the future. You remember that? We talked about that. It was already within her, but she'd not understood that it was there. She was looking with her natural eyes and seeing death and destruction and despair, but God had already put something inside of her that was for their future. It's there already. You see, this is what we don't understand. It's all already within us. And what happens is when we come to meet Jesus, when Jesus comes to meet us in whatever way that happens in the journey... Something inside you ignites, just like the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. You remember? They met Jesus and something ignited. Did not our hearts burn within us? Something ignited on the inside of them. And suddenly that which ignites on the inside of you is brought to life by the Holy Spirit. So... He first of all heard, and then as he began to declare or bring forth what he'd heard, 
within him, he began to see it. And that's when he sent his servant. And he sent him seven times, you remember. And he said, what you're seeing is he, he, he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Whatever's in your hand and whatever's in your heart is your future. Huh? Whatever's in your heart, whatever's in your hand is your future. We know that from David. You remember David with his, his sling? It was his future. It was in his hand. You remember him with his harp? It was in his hand, but it came from his heart. It was his future. What's in your heart and what's in your hand is the future that you have. It's not determined by anything else. So it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? That actually everything that you need is already within you. It's like a seed, you know. It's like God goes, I want some melons. So he speaks a seed forth of a melon. And what happens is that that, that seed goes into the ground and it brings forth a melon. And inside that melon is many, many seeds that reproduce the same. Well, you are made in the image of the Father. You're not made in the image of anyone else. You're made in the image of your Father in heaven. Huh? You are the exact seed as your Father in heaven. And he decided that he's going to multiply himself on the earth... And do exactly what he had planned to do all along, which is restore all things. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I'm not looking for the apocalypse. I'm not looking for the end. I'm not looking for the Japanese dive bombers. I'm not looking for any of that. I'm looking for the restoration of all things. Huh? Because that's what Jesus did when he was on the cross. And if he didn't, there's something wrong with your theology. That's why he said it's all finished, it's all done, everything's it's all accomplished. All right there in that moment. Wow. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. And he's the restorer of all things. So I don't know what you're thinking about right now, but somehow <laughs> something's got to happen and there's got to be a renewal, a transformation of the mind. And I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing how it happens. So anyway... He's at the gates and he's running for his life. And it, you know the gates of Jez, Jezreel. It mean, Jezreel means God's souls. So he's at the gates and he gets there before Ahab gets there. Because God's sowing into the future. He's already been in the future. You understand me? God was at the gates long before we ever saw the gates. God's there already. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. He knows it all. So you don't have a thing to worry about because he's your dad. Huh? And you are a co-heir with Jesus. So anyway, he's at the gates. He's sowing into the future. That's what, that's what Elijah's doing. He's sowing into the future. And he gets there before anyone else because he's had a supernatural increase, a, a supernatural acceleration inside himself that brought him there before anyone else got there. He's looking into the future before anyone else sees it. He's there. And then, of course, there's a threat on his life. We know that, don't we? Jezebel and Ahab send a threat that by, by words, they speak words, and he, he's now running for his life. And literally, but this is a beautiful thing, he wasn't... He was running to find his life. Maybe you're running to find your life. Maybe you're running 
to find your life in God. Do you understand me? The fear, the distress, the confusion, the pain, the things that you've been going through, the things that are in your mind, maybe you were running to find your life in God. Maybe that's what all this is about. Perhaps he wants us to run. Don't you think so, Steve? Don't you think that's the way it is? Huh? Isn't it? You're running to find your life in him. And of course, he goes through the desert and everybody goes, oh, no, it's the desert, it's the wilderness. We're going to die, blah, blah, blah. But of course, when Jesus went into the desert, he says he came out of the desert filled with the Spirit. He didn't come out of the desert in a desperate way. He came out filled with the Spirit. And you go, oh, well, that's Jesus. And I go, well, Jesus lives in you. Huh? That's the point, isn't it? Jesus is in you. He's not outside you. Come on. What is this theology, this, this stuff that we've, we've allowed to dominate our minds for so long? There's just nonsense. Jesus lives inside you. You have the very DNA. You partake of the very nature of God himself. He's inside. Well, you either believe it or you don't. Huh? Yeah, there we go. Woohoo! Beautiful. So anyway, he runs to find his life. And then we get to this little bit after the fire, a still small voice. And, and we've talked about this word recalibrate, haven't we? How, how David danced before the Lord and he recalibrated. Something happened as he was twirling and whirling. Something happened inside that recalibrated him. It renewed him. It restored him. Huh? And that's what happens as you give yourself to Jesus and the Father. His life begins to recalibrate you. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Lord. It's a beautiful thing. Because Jesus is beautiful. I, I just put here, was that the lesson that Elijah was having? He was having a recalibrate. Do you understand me? Elijah had seen incredible miracles. He'd seen all sorts of things happening externally. He'd been on the end of some tremendous things that he'd seen on the earth. And now he's looking, he's looking to find himself again because something's going on inside him and he's going, what in all the earth is happening? Have I not been the most faithful of everybody? Is there anybody else that's left? Is there anybody else that knows you, Jesus? Is there anybody else doing what, what I do? He, he was going through all of that stuff and he's expecting God to speak like God always used to speak. And God goes, no. Sorry, I am in the fire, I am in the wind, I am in the earthquake, but I'm not actually in it in the sense of this is where you're going to meet me right now. I'm in the still small voice. I'm in, I'm in a place where you maybe don't want to be because everything inside of you is running around restless. You understand me? All, all the news that you see, all the narrative that you hear, everything that's going on is causing a restlessness, a confusion. 
some, it's playing mind games with you. It's doing all sorts of things to you and I. But listen, there's another place that we need to be. We are already there. It's just that we've got to experience it. You've got to know it. He wants you to know it. This relationship with Jesus is not a theological statement. It's not, well, I'm in church and everything's fine now. You know, you can come, these chairs have been here all the time that we've had this place. And they're here every week. Huh? They're here every week. And some people, they go to church and go, well, I'm in church, everything's okay. No, listen to me. Because Jesus knows you and you know Jesus, that's why it's okay. But we've got to live in this relationship. Otherwise, it's not a relationship, is it? It's just a statement. Huh? It's just a statement. And we have all these statements and all these things that we say and big beliefs. And, but, but then something happens and everything that can be shaken gets shaken. Huh? So that only the kingdom remains. But don't you think it's time? I mean, honestly, it's so difficult. I'm sat there. And I'm really going, you know what, I, 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 could, I could just sit there. I could just lay there for the rest of the meeting. Just honestly, I could just be there, you know, and, and Faye would be there going. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd just be laid out. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. And it's beautiful. So it was like, I'm, I'm going... But I realize that people are all in different places. And, and somehow, what's in your heart has got to affect what's going on in your mind. You, you understand me? Your mind isn't going to win any battles. It's your heart that's going to help you win those mind battles. It's your heart. Not any other place. You can't live from any other place right now. Because if you do, you're going to get flattened. No, really. You're going to get flattened. You're not going to win in your mind. You're just not. It's heart, 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 and more heart. And it's beautiful because it's who you are. Listen to this. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27. Because, of course, this is, this is what I based a lot of what I'm... My theology is based on this. Because when Jesus came to meet me many, many years ago, upstairs at three o'clock in the morning, he gave me a heart transplant. Literally gave me a heart transplant. And I had no idea what was going on other than something internally was happening to me that was profound it was radical and I know that when I when I came down the stairs the next day I was a new creation I was a new man I mean literally a new man I walked out of the house the trees looked green I heard the birds I went around telling everybody that I loved them I don't know what was going on I had no I had no no theology at that point to tell me what had happened. I just knew 
Jesus had visited me and I was changed inside from the inside out. That's all that I knew. And that I had this love that I'd, I think it was probably all there somewhere, but it was wrapped up real small somewhere. Because I want a bad lad, if you know what I mean. I want a bad lad, but this love just took a hold of me and completely began to change me. So, so, so my theology comes from this basis. You understand me? It's not, it's not a dry word. It's not, it's not a theology or a statement of belief. It's true. And when I look at you, and you may go, yeah, but Paul, I didn't have that kind of experience. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it's not about the experience. It's about what God has done. Listen to me again. It's not the experience. Do you understand me? I had a most wonderful experience because I actually needed it. I was in such a bad way that I needed something dramatic and experiential to happen so, so that I could get up and walk again and live again because I'd been through some terrible, terrible things that people didn't think were that terrible, but they were terrible, honestly, terrible, horrible things. So something happened inside, but the fact is this. Listen, this is the fact about you and me. I will give you a new heart. What's he going to give you? Because this is Ezekiel's see in the future. He says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Wow. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So he's going to go into the flesh and go, blah, blah, blah. I'm taking the heart of stone out. He's not talking about your physical heart. He's talking about the very core part of your being because you are more, you're more than flesh and skin. This is just a tent. I mean, I know it's a beautiful tent. You know, and I've wondered why. It's so beautiful, Lord. It's such a distraction. <laughs> But you understand me, this is just a tent. You, this flesh that you were wearing is just a tent. Under that, under that skin is the most beautiful spiritual being that you could possibly imagine. But you need to start imagining. No, really, you need to start imagining. Did you, did you hear what Steve did this morning? He said, this is what, what I was seeing. Because God wants the imagination, the image to come through again. He wants us to begin to imagine what is the truth. Can you see it? I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart, uh, the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Uh, who's doing all this? Who's doing it all? Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Isn't it, it's so good, isn't it, though? Don't you just... I mean, who's done all this? Did you do anything? Did you actually do anything in this process? Absolutely nothing at all. But you've got a new heart, a new spirit within you, and then God goes, and I'm just going to make it even better, I'm going to put the Holy Ghost on the inside of you as well. Well, I don't see you doing any of that. And then he says, and then... You, you can stop trying to fulfill 
all my commandments. Because you're going to have so much love in your heart, that love is going to overwhelm you and you will be moved and guided by love. And because you are moved and guided by love, you do not need all those commandments to tell you what to do because the Holy Ghost is love in you and he does what the Father does in you and out of you. Isn't that beautiful? Huh? Which is why Jesus said there's only two commandments. One's that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything in you. And that you love one another as yourself. Only two. And if you do those two, everything else, you just know it. Because as soon as you touch it, you go, no, no. Because that ain't love. Huh? It's nice, isn't it? You see, the new covenant is just so beautifully wonderful. Isn't it? It's so beautiful. Oh, Lord. So now... And you see, I think that Jesus talks about the heart because the heart is seen as the center of our being. The heart. Well, it's the core of your spiritual being, your heart. As As a man or as a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. So what's the thinking like in your heart? I mean, and this is it, you know, I, I see my heart. I just, I see it and I see it filled with love. And I see it loving people, even people that don't love me. That have said all sorts of horrible things about me. I see my heart filled with love, loving those people. Huh? As a man thinks in his heart, not in his mind. Okay, so where are you thinking from then? Because something's got to change, on it? You see, we got it all wrong. Information doesn't go from your mind into your heart. It goes from your heart into your mind. Because this is the central part of your being. Your mind is not. You've made far too much. And uh, I mean, oh, and can you just put up that, put the library picture up that I got? Now, I, 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 love, I love this picture because, um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I love this picture. It wasn't the original picture. We've had to change the picture because the original one, there's some issue with it that we can't use it. So we're having to use this other one. But this was pretty good, wasn't it? This was pretty good. Um, the original one had like this beautiful painting on the ceiling. Because if you look up the, the most beautiful libraries in the world, there's, there's one that's got this it's like a Michelangelo on the top of it. It's gorgeous. And the wood comes up from the floor. A little bit like this. The wood comes up and it, it just goes everywhere and it's beautiful. And then what you see afterwards is the books. What you see afterwards is the books. And I thought about this and I thought, you know what? Our mind, <laughs> our, our mind is most glorious But it's not most glorious because it's filled with books. Your mind is not most glorious because you have got a lot of intellectual ability or academic ability, academia. It's it's not beautiful for that reason. And yes, you can put things into your mind. But listen, 
Everything about your mind came from the beginning. Everything about you, you your DNA, you've got, you've got to get a hold of it. Your DNA, the very image of God, is born into you. Every part of you has got something about God. You have the original DNA of God inside your being. And God says that he thought about you before he created the world. So before he put the foundations of the earth in, before he put the boundaries of the earth and the worlds and the universe, before all of that, God thought about you. And he went, this is what you're going to look like. You are going to be like my glorious son, Jesus. You're going to be just like him. And every part of him, all, all the inside of him that you don't see, comes from its very original creator. Everything, the wood, is the same wood. The painting in the mind is the same painting. The original character of God is in your DNA. So you, you might open the doors to the library and go, look at all the books. But God's fascinated with all that the books stand on. All encapsulates the books. You understand me? That's your very original being. It's like the essence of your whole being. He's not impressed with the books. God knows all these books. Yeah, look at that. That's beautiful, isn't it? God knows all these books. He knows them off by heart. He's the author. It all comes from in everything that's inside those books. God knows all about it. But listen, we've been taken up with the books, but we need to be taken up with the library. We need to go, wow. It's fascinating my mind. It's like, it's, it's all rooted into the original creator huh? of the universe. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you think it's beautiful? You're not so excited, are you? But it's all right. He's, he's going he's gonna to reveal it to you. And when he does, you're going to dance. Like, I dance because of this stuff, honestly. I, I can spend a whole week just on this one little thing. You know, this is where it says the renewing of the spirit of the mind. The renewing of the spirit of the mind. Let's, let's just think that that wood, that, those, those beautiful things that are holding all those books and all that knowledge, let's just believe that that's God who's holding it all up. Huh? That's like your mind. Come on, can you see it now? Can you see it? Your mind is held up. The very, the very, the very DNA of your mind is God. And God wants to renew the spirit of your mind. He wants, to, he wants you to go, wow, I, I, want, I want this life, this Holy Spirit life to be all over my library. But I want to begin to see who I really am. Do, do, do you understand me? It's nearly like you've got to give your permission to your mind because you've been ruled by your mind for so long your mind's dictated to you where you're going to do what where you're going to be what you're going to do how you're going to feel your mind has been saying all these things but as a man thinks in his heart so he is not in his mind so now you've got to go okay so the very core of my being is the heart and the spirit and Lord, I want what's inside me to begin to flow up into my mind 
and begin to renew all those books because you can have all the knowledge and you can have all the theology but I want to tell you if there's no life in it get rid of it ditch it if there's no life in it it, doesn't, it won't mean anything do you understand me life you feel life you know life life is an essence it's, it's like it's, it's beautiful do you understand me? All this other stuff that we've given ourselves, the Western world in particular, has given themselves to all this knowledge and information. And we think we're so clever and we know it, but it's bringing us to nothing. It's bringing us to nothing. And now there's warfare going on in the mind. How are you going to overcome? Oh, yeah. The spirit is going to flow. You're beginning to go everywhere. You can, you can see your mind's either... Like, like it's like like a, a bowl of vinegar, or it's like chilies being marinated. And I say chilies because they're my favourite, you know. It's like mmm, so sweet and beautiful. What's what's going on in your mind? Can you can you invite Jesus into every place in your mind? Can you? Every, every cinema, come in, Jesus. I want you to see see you in this cinema. What do you think? Huh? And you can always tell when, when, when you kind of go, oh, I'm not sure about that cinema there. That one's the private one for me alone. Huh? No, no. Jesus, come in. Every cinema. Come into my mega complex and sit there. Do you like it? Can you see the love, Lord? Can you feel the goodness? Do you feel the prosperity flowing out of me? You see, that's the thing. And I, more and more, I'm just going, man, I feel this. Beautiful. Now, I'm not saying I feel it all the time. But I want to. Huh? I want to feel it all the time. I want to experience this life every minute, all the time. Beautiful. It says here in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all else. Guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life. What's the wellspring of life? Oh, it's not your mind that's the wellspring of life. It's your heart that's the wellspring. Guard your heart. And can I just say, you know, I mean, I've written a, a book and it's called Journey of the Heart. It's been written for, I don't know, 15 years. And I'm telling you, some of you don't, you don't know this stuff. You don't know it. Because you still think that the mind is king. No, no. The heart is king. If you want to go on a journey of the heart, get the book. Because it's brilliant. I want to tell you, it's brilliant. Not because I wrote it, but because Jesus is in it. That's why. As you're watered, as, you, as the wellspring comes up, begins to change your character begins to something happens with you huh? and all those struggles that you had trying to be better no the wellspring of life flows and begins to help you in areas of your character that you need help huh? so the new heart and the new spirit come on let's just take one moment to thank you Jesus we're just having a little silly our Lord a new heart. Jesus, I want to thank you that everyone who is here, everyone, Lord, 
watching. We have a new heart and a new spirit. And you've put the Holy Spirit in us, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we permit, we permit this life that is inside us to flow from our heart by your Spirit into our minds. We give you permission. Jesus, we know that you are gentle and meek and beautiful. So we want to give you permission, Jesus. We want to say, yes, Lord. We want to see the glory of the library, Lord. We've been taken up far too long, Lord, with all the books and all the academic learning and all the, all the information, the knowledge. But Lord, we want to see the glory of the mind, Jesus. And we want it to be renewed, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, do it in us, Lord. We ask it. We're so desperately in need of this, Lord, at this time. Our minds, Lord, are bad. Our minds have been battered, Lord, by fear and by devastation and destruction, Lord. Some of us have looked out like that widow, Lord, and we've seen nothing but famine. But, Lord, we're asking in Jesus' name, the wellspring of our life, Lord, would flow into our minds right now, Father. And the spirit of our mind would be renewed, Lord. It's like the wood would begin to glow again, Father. The very, the very, the very makeup of our mind, Father, we'd begin to understand that it's in the image of God. Oh, Father, we thank you so much. We thank you so much, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of where? Your heart. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Not out of anywhere else. Don't look anywhere else. Don't run to an external well and go, this is where it's flowing from. No, it's not. It's flowing inside you. He is the source of your very being. And it is now flowing inside you. And you can be filled and become like a fountain. Okay? I, I love this one. This is, I've, I've paraphrased it a little bit. It goes, when you believe that I am what the scriptures are all about, then you will discover that you are what I am is all about and rivers of living water will gush out of your innermost being huh when you discover the i am and understand that that's what this is all about 
then you'll also discover that the I am is in you and that he will flow from your innermost being. You know, when I say I am Paul, I am Paul, I am Paul, two thirds of my being are already taken up with Jesus, the I am, huh? two thirds of my being. And Paul, Paul, that just means little, so, so yeah, okay, <laughs> it just means little, and I just go, okay, Lord, I'm just little, just do what you want with me. Fill me, flow over me, envelop me. Just do whatever you want because I want to be filled with I am. Don't you? Yes. Huh? The great I am. Oh. Have you noticed this as well? Like everyone's desperate for a new image, aren't they? Every, you know, every year when we get to New Year, it's like a new image. I want a new image. I want to find out who I really am. I'm, I'm going to do my hair. You know, like I do. I'm, I'm going to do my hair, and I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it green and yellow because I'm, I'm coming out in a new way. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's like every year we try to do this stuff, and you just think, yeah, but he is the image in you. I mean, why are you trying so hard for a new image when you are created in the image of God? And, it, you know, if you want to come out... Well, <laughs> just come out in Jesus, huh? Be, be the person that you really are, huh? Because you're beautiful. I suppose what happened with me is when I was born, and, you know, I was always looked after well, and my mum and dad, and, you know, my dad's here. It's always nice to have my dad here, you know. You know, you know, this is, I, th I thought it was beautiful what you said uh, about the sweet and just being in the sun. You remember what she said about being in the sun and just like, you know, sometimes my dad just likes to be. I know he likes to talk after, after service. <laughs> no, no, but really, he also likes just to sit. He'll just sit with the family and be. And I go, that's a beautiful thing. Because he's not really concerned about everything that's going on. He just wants to be with us. And I go, that's what dad is, isn't it? That's what dad is. Just wants to be with us. We just want to be in the sun. We just want to enjoy. I remember being over at Maria and Brad's once. And I, I was feeling pretty, pretty knocked out, pretty knocked down. And Aurora... I, I, was, I was sat in the room. I mean, I'd been playing with her for about four hours, so I would absolutely done in. But I was sat on the couch just... And she just crawled up and laid on me, on my chest. Didn't say anything, didn't do anything, just wanted to be. And I just went, yeah, that's right. Just wants to be. Huh? That's beautiful, isn't it? Can you put those old clothes up? I, I, I'm always amazed that we insist on like we insist on, on wearing in our theological thoughts it's nearly like we're afraid to be new we think that there's some kind of value 
in holding on to some kind of poverty thoughts. But of course, when you hold on to those things, it just, it just undermines you. And a lot of people, you know, look at him. You know, this is how I used to be years ago. You'd never see me like that. But internally, I was like that. I was a mess. My clothes were old. My clothes were a mess. And, and of course, I, I used to tell my testimony because it's pretty dramatic. But I used to tell it quite a lot. And the Lord said, Paul, stop it. Stop it. You're a new creation, son. I want you to make more about who you really are. Put on those garments, those clothes of the new creation. Can you put up the car? You know, there's, there's always a thing about when, when you've had a new car, it's very difficult to go back to an old car. But some, some old cars, you know, but you can't imagine like being offered a new car or the old car and going, oh, I want the old car, yeah. I definitely want the old car because it smells horrible. I get the exhaust coming in through the windows. You know, you wouldn't say it, would you? But there's something about our theology that goes, oh, no, no, no. I value the old. I'm not worthy. What? Repent. No, really, repent. If you're not worthy, why did Jesus come? If you're not worthy, why did he come? You better stop saying it. You were worthy. He loves you. He values you far more highly than you value you. Stop saying these things. It's a nonsense. You're either, you're either in the New Testament or you're not. This old thinking. Do you understand me? We've got books in the mind that actually we need to take them out and get rid of them. And go, Jesus, I want the new. I want to dance in the new. I had this little thought the other day. You know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm obviously not a scientist, which you all know. <laughs> I pride myself on knowing very little. <laughs> but what I do know is good. And who I know is the best. But I'm reliably informed that the cells that make our body up, they actually have space inside them every cell that you have has got some space in it and and like you can you can go and google it afterwards or google it now if you want but but there's some space in our cells that space scientists are trying to find out what it is but i know what it is because it says that jesus upholds all things by the power of his word. Do you, you understand me? Stop doing yourself down. You are a new creation. Made in the image of God. You have a new heart. A new spirit. The Holy Spirit's in you. And the only way that you and I are going to overcome. The things that are coming. And the things that have been. Is when we live in that place live in that place okay so let's just pray together father there is a sense there is a sense lord that we're all a little bit like elijah right now we feel like we've been in a cave 
It's pretty dark, Lord. And we've seen lots of things going on, and we know you, Jesus, and we've seen all sorts of things happening, both good and bad. But right now, Lord, what we need most, Lord, is to sit in you and know your voice and be in your presence. And Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name, as the father of this household and all the churches that are related to us together in different parts, Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would help us to sit and to be and to recognize who you are in us, Lord, and all that you have done. And that there would be great peace, Lord, great peace and great joy. Overwhelm us, Jesus, we ask it.